Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellas Podcast. I am going to be hosting today. My name is Cameron Lawrence. I am joined once again by our NFL draft guru, fantasy extraordinaire, Mr. Tyler Plath. Tyler, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing dandy, just dandy today. You know, in a new, uh, new setup, new Ooh, little okay. location. Uh, it's, it's a good time to be alive, and I'm, I'm, I, I you know. It's all exciting to move into a new place and stuff, but mm-hmm. look, NFL football is back this yes, Thursday. This Thursday. It's, it's about been time. so long. It's, it's been, been so, so long. long. <laughs> We've been waiting like no tomorrow. Um, of course, Lucas has just developed this phobia of me where he doesn't want to be on a podcast at the same time I am, which I get it. I would be intimidated too. Um, as he looks to get beaten by me in three leagues this year, it's going to be a record. Um, oh, that's yeah. right. I now that we got the guillotine. The I, I'm about to <laughs> smack him around in three leagues. But do you do the? So, do you do you uh, do you remember the super duper league that we're doing? Oh, for fun? four four leagues, four, <laughs> four man, four man, three kicker league. Um, <laughs> it'll be a, that's it. That's all we drafted is just kickers. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, and so, but yeah, he, he's missing this week. We have a whole new format coming out next, starting next week. We'll have a Tuesday episode. We'll talk about some waivers. We'll have a midweek episode coming out Wednesday or Thursday. We haven't picked the date exactly yet, but that'll be our Thursday night preview. Um, and then Lucas will have a solo show on Saturdays. Me and Ty will join as we can, um, where he goes over the starts and sits for the week, maybe some DFS stuff um, with that. Um, so you never know. But we are the Fantasy Football Fellas. You can find us on YouTube, TikTok. I don't remember the other one. Um, F- Fantasy Football Fellas, FF Fellas on Twitter, and the FF Fellas on Instagram. We got Mister at Tyler Plath, and I am at Camlaw zero three one seven. I was not smart enough to put it as my name, but that is what it is. And then we got Lucas at Lucas Wenzel. So Bingo. I think I hit it all. That was the first time I've ever done that correctly. Pat no on the back. Way. No um, way. Today. What we're going to be going through is we're going to go through our news and notes. We're going to go through our three bold predictions each for the season. And then we're going to do our Thursday night football breakdown. First football game breakdown of the year. Very exciting. And if you want to win some money, stay around for our player props. We're going to throw them out from prize picks. So make sure you stay for that. But, wow, that was a lot. That was the most I've ever said in like three seconds. I am like hyped right now. I got- <laughs> you nailed it, too. Way to go. <laughs> The problem was like I've been like off of caffeine and oh. I like have drank like four pops in like three weeks. <laughs> and today I just had one like right before we started because oh my, my kryptonite God. is going to a grocery store and seeing them right next to the little conveyor belt. Yep. And I have to grab one every single time. Have to. And I went just before we started and now I'm ready to go. <laughs> we'll pretend like it's from the football that's happening this week. But Let's jump right in to our news and notes transition. <laughs> yeah, remember when we used to do our very our own tra- transitions and stuff? Yeah, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> don't don't bring me back, <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> um, you'll be our editor in chief one day. Um, <laughs> one day, one day, one we'll day. Get there. Um, so for our news and notes, um, some exciting news: Chris Godwin. Shedding the knee brace, looking ready for week one. 
I know I'm excited. I got him in a lot of underdog leagues, taking him later on. Ty, do you think do you think he's full go right away, or do you think it's a couple weeks still, two or three weeks before we see him full, hundred percent? Ooh, I, I mean, I think he plays. Yep. I think I think it's a gradual kind of get back to speed start for Godwin, but for the fact that he's, I mean, I know an underdog, he's going late twenties, and I know in redraft it's kind of like right at twenty. He's going to return value there, and it, and I was just I was listening to Matthew Barry's fantasy football happy hour that he does over on NBC now, which is mm-hmm. fantastic. Highly recommend it. Um, but his guest was Connor Rogers, and Connor Rogers was saying it's crazy how so many people just you know instantly say that they're out on a player who could potentially you know have a down week, week one. Yeah. Like, like he was, he was talking about Michael Gallup specifically, who we will talk about eventually in this episode. But I mean, I feel like Godwin is suffering from that fact as well, that everyone's like, oh no, what's going to be his week one status. Forget yeah. the week one status. You know that when he's fully healthy and when he is a hundred percent, he's going to be a top 10 option. That's who yes. Chris Godwin is at this point. Yes. And he's not, he's not JK Dobbins where it's been like, Ooh, he's doubtful. He might not play. He hasn't been practicing a ton. Like God, God was practicing this whole time. Like he's been on track to go. He's been like he's shedding the knee brace already. It's not like we're like, oh no, like when is he ever going to come back healthy? Like he's ready to go week one, like you said. Him like, okay, fine. He's perfectly healthy week three. You sacrifice two weeks for Tom Brady's favorite target. Right. I'm sorry, but I'm okay for I'm okay with that. Uh, moving on, Mitch Trubisky officially listed as QB one in Pittsburgh. I think we all knew this was coming. Um, I had this in my rankings. I am starting about half the season right now. Um, I don't know where you're at with that split. Are you about the same? I'm 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 with you. It's like okay. Trubisky plays until the bye week and then Pickett yep. takes over from there. You gotta think they're putting Pickett in. You wanna see what he's got. Uh, I took him in the first round. Um another injury, Zach Ertz day to day. I would just monitor it because odds are if you have Zach Ertz, you took him to start. Um he's a top t- top ten tight end pick in pretty much every league. Um, and if you didn't draft him to start, you have another tight end to go with. Um, but if he plays, he'll be he'll be good, you know, because they don't have DeAndre Hopkins right now. Um, this one, I want to ask your um, thoughts on Christian Watson and Alan Lazard are kind of question marks right now. How are you treating those Green Bay wide receivers going into Week One? I I think the one wide receiver that I'm really really waiting to hear more about is Alan Lazard. I mean, we we saw this with Rashad Bateman last year, right? He got an injury right before, you know, training camp season and rookie mini camps and all that stuff. Then it kind of took him, and then it took Bateman a while to kind of get going. And it wasn't really even that he got going, but like he, it took a while to get the feet wet, and then he got used to things. But I feel like that's going to be the same thing for Christian Watson. Missed a lot of time beginning in the off season. I, so at this point, I don't know if there's much value, much value in really knowing a whole lot about Christian Watson. Because here's the other thing: if he does play, I don't know if you can start him, right? Yeah. Like even if he was 100 percent healthy, I wouldn't be starting him. Alan Lazard, on the other hand, you know that that's the most familiar target besides Randall Cobb. But who, it's Randall Cobb. Let's yeah, let's just he's 50 it. years old. Well, <laughs> um, so like I said, like that's the one where I'm like. I need to hear more about that because if I do have Alan Lazard, I'm looking at Minnesota's defense and I'm going, 
you know why Al Lazar could walk away with two touchdowns because they hundred percent and it's a simple out route to the corner and Rogers will pinpoint it right to Alan Lazard. So yep. that one I'm paying a little more attention to. Yeah, definitely. Um, the next one is probably the most shocking thing of the entire offseason. That is James Robinson is set to play on Sunday. This man tore his Achilles in week 16. Like the entire summer, people were saying, oh, yeah, he's coming back. You know, he's he's looking. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Hold your horse. And now we're here, and they're like, he's going to play. And I think he's going to get work as the scary part for people who have Travis Etienne, who love Travis Etienne. I'm not saying like – pump the brakes, Travis Etienne's awful now, but, you know, we went from assuming James Robinson was going to have no value to now it'll be interesting how they use him. Um, what do you think the split is going to be? I really think the split's going to be 50-50. Ooh, all right. Because I I've, I know I've said this a couple times on the podcast and over on Twitter before. James Robinson is a Doug Peterson running back. Etienne has PPR potential I'll say just because he has been a receiving back in the past but Doug Peterson has traditionally not used running backs in a big receiving role I mean Mm -hmm. the outliers are Darren Sproles and Miles Sanders and look what happened to Miles Sanders after his one breakout year right like it just doesn't happen in a Doug Peterson offense so uh, look I'll I'll go 50-50 split which makes me pretty much out on both of them, honestly. Yeah, I would agree. That's kind of how I feel. I haven't drafted really either of them. Um, moving on, Bucks reported they were looking to lighten the load on Fournette. How does that change your outlook on Fournette? <laughs> it really makes me want to get a wide receiver. Or a wide receiver. Wow, a running back in round one now, because it feels like after running back twelve or so. Because that's, I mean. I'll just say 12 is just a roundish number. Mm-hmm. There are so many like dings and knocks and question marks on every single running back after that RB 12 spot. Yeah. And Fournette was like the one that didn't really have a knock on him. Everybody, the, the weight argument tried to, you know, was the, mm-hmm. was the attempt to, <laughs> you know, bring the, bring the guy down, but everyone's like, he'll be fine. Yeah. This is now the official like, okay, now he has a, a you know, a ding to him. And, and now, like I said, I'm looking running backs really, really early because it is such a crapshoot in that second, third round now for running backs. 100%. Um, I would agree. I don't think it lowers it too much. Um, I'd still feel comfortable taking him there. Um, but you're right. You, you are a little more hesitant as with him as a running back one. Um, next one, Isaiah Likely is likely to be the third receiving option in Baltimore. Does that really give you any fantasy relevance or? I, I think he's someone that could be a big kind of waiver wire option after week one or two. But for the meantime, you, you cannot put any kind of, I shouldn't say merit, but like, if you're looking for Isaiah likely to be like, uh, you know, the breakout, player in week one pump the brakes a little bit <laughs> yeah most definitely um stafford injury could be issues all season i think this is one you just got to monitor um you just have to be aware of going in um we'll see what he looks like week one if all of a sudden he looks scared week one then we can revisit it but i don't, I really don't think there's anything you can do at this point um you know most people have drafted already 
And if you're, I mean, he's going quarterback 11, 12 anyway. So it's not like you're paying a premium on getting Stafford. Um, the one thing it could impact is Cooper Cup. And that's if it's really lingering. But I, I just don't see it being too much of an issue all season long. Um, I think the Rams will be pretty good about monitoring that. Um, and then the last one, Sutton has definitely been Russ's favorite in practice. This makes the fellas happy. We've been preaching this. <laughs> if you weren't listening, that's on you because we've been saying it all offseason long. Sutton is the number one. Sutton's going to have a great season. So I think that really just wraps up the news and notes um, because I really want to get in these bold takes. Like, th- this is what we live for. Like, we got hot take Ty and me. So, like, it's, it's going to be fun. Um, so, Ty, I'll just let you kick it off. Why don't you give us your first bold take for this 2022 NFL season? Ooh, all right. So now I get to look at the three bold takes that I've got and pick out which one I want to go with right away. Ooh, where is he Do going? Where is he going? <laughs> Do I go in with a layup? I shouldn't say a layup because it's a bold take, but nah, we'll go with Alvin Kamara. Okay, let's start off with Alvin Kamara. Kamara is currently going off the board. Do you got the ADP? Off the top of your head. Um, he is running. He is going off the board at fifteen. Running back nine right now. Okay, here, ladies and gentlemen, let's let's do some math. Okay, ten man league. If you are going all running backs, he's at the end of the first, which isn't happening because there's three wide receivers that are going in the first round and Travis Kelsey. Okay, so Alvin Kamara is going in the second round of a ten man. The 12 man, he can go kind of toward, you know, he can sneak into the first round, but he's still going in the second round, just again with Travis Kelsey, three wide receivers, and all the running backs ahead of him, right? You combine that with the question of who's this year's Cooper Cup, right? And and, and I use that in a pretty figurative way, just because I've said this before, there's going to be no Cooper Cup this year. Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup. Okay, and what we have in last year is last year's business. Okay, but if we're looking for a league winner, because that's essentially what the question's asking: who's going to be the league winner? Who's going way later than they should? It's Alvin Kamara, people. Okay, I think again the ADP is really affected by people being scared of a possible suspension. That really is not, not likely to happen this year. So. We've also pointed out in the past that Kamara is very much like the even year running back, right? You look at his stats and whatnot, but I mean, here's the thing. Alvin Kamara is a consistent, I'll say it, just a consensus top five option, okay? You combine that with his AD where he's currently going in that early second round range. So you're telling me I can get a wide receiver like a Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, or even a running back like a Najee Harris or a Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Joe Swift. Mixon, DeAndre Swift. You're telling me I can get one of those guys and get Kamara then in a second? Come on now, come, come on. All all this to say, look, Alvin Kamara is a beast. You know what he brings to the Saints offense. You know the offense will go through him still. I know they just drafted Chris Olave, Michael Thomas is back, and all that. Alvin Kamara is kind of the heartbeat of that offense. If he doesn't go, you're really going to trust Jameis Winston? 
Come on yeah. now. Alvin Kamara is is going to be the league winner this year. So if you've still got a draft on the last day of the offseason before the season begins, I, I mean, Cam, you and me both agree that, like, honestly, we're going to take Kamara on the first five picks. Oh, 100%. He's a top three running back for me. Same here. I mean, like, it's that, like, you can try to draft the value, but at the same time, like, if, you, if you've got that, like, six, seven, eight spot – you should be taking him. Go take Kamara. Don't try to play the board or anything like that. Just go get Kamara because you know that he's the best player on the board at that point. Yes. So hundred percent. Yes. I all that agree. to say. All that to say, Alvin Kamara is going to win you your leagues, and you need need to draft him. Could you imagine a DeAndre Swift Alvin Kamara start? Oh, oh, that would that would be beautiful. That'd be what we love. Um, oh, my hot take is not going to feel out of out of pocket at all. My hot take is that or my bold prediction, not hot take, bold prediction is that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams will both finish as top 8 wide receivers this season. Top 8. Now we've we've talked a ton about both these receivers, so I'm not going to dive into it too much. But they're complementary wide receivers. Mike Williams is your big play down the field, huge red zone target. And Keenan Allen is your guy who is, you need 10 yards, he'll get you 10 yards. You need 12 yards, he'll get you 12 yards. He's always open. He's got some of the surest hands in the NFL. And they're in an offense that had the third most pass attempts last season. 674 pass attempts. So there's no reason they both can't have 135, 140 plus targets. Now you add Devontae Adams and Russell Wilson into your division. There's four more games this season where you have to throw the ball even more. I mean, these are going to be some crazy shootouts. And last year, Justin Herbert had 38 touchdowns, and Austin Eckler had 12 receiving touchdowns. Like, Eckler's not going to have 12 receiving touchdowns anymore this year, so that opens up even more touchdowns for these two. And Herbert is going to improve on his 38 um 38 touchdowns as well. So there's just going to be so much touchdowns, so much opportunity, so much volume. And so I don't know. I just don't see a way that they're not top 12 or both top 12. And so why not go bolder and just say, I believe so much in this Chargers offense that I think that they're both going to be top eight. So that, that's where I'm at on these two. I mean, you know, you know where I stand on Mike Williams that I think he like f- that he finishes higher than Keenan Allen, and I think we all agree as the fellas with the contract extension that he got, they're looking to kind of give the I don't want to say the workload because it's really one A one B, but they want Mike Williams to kind of step up and take over the Keenan Allen role a little bit. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, Ty, why don't you kick us off with your second bold prediction? Yeah, as I'm pulling up the text so I can properly phrase this because I see the two guys and I'm like, wait, what did I say about these guys again? Um, <laughs> we're going to look at DK Metcalf and Deontay Johnson and Cam, I'm going to ask you again, where, where, where are these guys going in drafts right now? Um, DK is going around wide receiver 21. I'm pretty sure. And Deontay, I think it's just after him. They're both in the 19 to 22 range. I know I don't remember for sure off the top of my head. wide receiver or not. Right. So real quick, as end I'm of the fourth, just... beginning of the fifth. End of the fourth, beginning of the fifth. Yes, I think DK was the forty-eighth pick off the board, and Deontay was fifty-one. <laughs> okay, run with me on this one, okay? 
you know how we were talking about the DeAndre Swift, Alvin Kamara start? We'll skip the third round. What if you can get a Deontay Johnson and DK Metcalf in the fourth and fifth? And like the third round could probably be a wide receiver then. So then your start is three wide receivers, including DK Metcalf, Deontay Johnson, with a DeAndre Swift, Alvin Kamara. Oh, brother. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brother. Okay. And I got way ahead of myself. So here, let me explain why DK Metcalf and Deontay Johnson are borderline league winners, but I'll give them the biggest, best steals of fantasy football this year. Okay. We'll start with DK Metcalf. Did you know that DK Metcalf was a top 10 wide receiver with Geno Smith last year? I did know that, but I feel like the people don't. Yeah, so let me say it again, just a little bit louder maybe for the people in the back. DK Metcalf was a top 10. Sorry, let me let's reel it back in. <laughs> DK Metcalf was a top 10 wide receiver with Geno Smith last year. Okay? He was top, he was wide receiver eight, to be exact. Okay. He he in the past two seasons before last year. He was a wide receiver seven and a wide receiver 14, okay, with double-digit touchdowns in both seasons. Granted, that's a Russell Wilson thing. So the point more so leans towards that Geno Smith. Like, look, Geno Smith is looking DK Metcalf's way. Oh, yeah. that, that's, that's the first point. Despite the finishes that he's had, he's never finished with more than 129 targets. He doesn't need volume, but the best part about it, he produces with what he gets. Okay, that is kind of like what you're looking for when you're in that four or five round spot in your drafts. And, you know, we'll be able to look back, you know, because hindsight's twenty twenty and stuff. But again, you will, you are looking for guys who can produce in your first handful of rounds. Yeah. DK Metcalf produces. It may not be the sexiest volume out there, but he produces still. And look, here's just one more stat, you know, just because... It seems like people still need convincing on DK Metcalf. He was first in unrealized air yards. So even with inaccuracy, it won't change his, his finish, his production. Yep. It did. The man is, I, I don't want to say he's, you know, <laughs> bulletproof, but he's pretty gosh darn near bulletproof. Okay. He 100%. doesn't need a good situation to be effective. Okay. That's DK Metcalf done and done and gone. Okay. <laughs> Deontay Johnson. He was a wide receiver eight last year, and I'm pretty sure he led. He was second, maybe third in the league in targets last year. Tied for second last year with Devontae Tied Adams. Tied for second with Devontae Adams right there, right right there, <laughs> literally right there. I digress. He was a wide receiver eight last year, and he was a wide receiver 21 in the season before. He had eight touchdowns last season. So do we expect the touchdowns to kind of be there this year? Probably not. Probably not. But here's the thing. If he is going to get eight touchdowns with the volume that he got, he's a top 10 finish going in the fourth, fifth round. But again, because we think the touchdowns aren't going to be there, let's run with that narrative. He gets volume, okay? I'm not scared of Chase Claypool. I'm not scared of George Pickens. I'm not scared of Pat Fryermuth. Deontay Johnson is the established wide receiver one in this offense now. And I, and I think the... He definitely benefited from noodle arm Ben Roethlisberger. But is do we know that for sure? Do we know that for sure? Do mm -hmm. we know that maybe that was the scheme that they were going with and that they wanted Deontay Johnson to be super involved? Yeah. We don't know. And, and I think that's the reason why he's going later is because, again, we just don't know. He has my vote of confidence 
that it's not just a Ben Roethlisberger effect. It's a scheme that he will still get targets. He will still get volume. And that's why he's going to, to be a steal this year. DK Metcalf doesn't get volume because it's touchdowns. Deontay Johnson doesn't really get the touchdowns this year, but he'll get the volume. Okay. Yeah. That those two players combined fourth and fifth. And again, like we said earlier, if you can get a swift Camara, a true wide receiver one in that third round, I don't know. Maybe like a Mike, Mike Evans. Wouldn't be too bad. Wouldn't it be too bad. Then you get a DK Metcalf and Deontay Johnson in the fourth and fifth. Come on now. That's like, that's, that's a league winning start in the first five rounds. For sure. For sure. Um, I'll go to mine then. Mine, mine is about a top running back. And it, I'm talking about Jonathan Taylor right now. And I'm predicting that Jonathan Taylor does not finish as a top three running back this next season. And the reason I'm saying that, don't hear what I'm not saying. The reason I'm saying <laughs> that is because I believe that other running backs will outperform him. I don't believe that he's going to have a bad season. Like Jonathan Taylor is still an amazing running back. He's top three NFL running backs. But for fantasy, what he does, how he gets there, is a lot more similar to a Nick Chubb than it is to a CMC, Alvin Kamara. Did you know that since Devontae Freeman was RB1 in 2015, Jonathan Taylor had the lowest points per game out of any running back one? And that's a six-year span. So. He had 20 total touchdowns last year. That's a big numbered hit year after year where you have guys like Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, who all have either touchdowns going their way, guys like Cook, Henry, Mixon, or they got the PPR upside, the Swift, CMC, Alvin Kamara, um, Najee Harris, or they got both. And that's what we saw, we've seen with CMC in the past, what we've seen with Alvin Kamara in the past, Austin Eckler in the past, Dalvin Cook in the past. So I just don't believe that he is going to repeat 20 total touchdowns. He averaged 5.45 yards per carry last year, which he very well could repeat. But it was on 332 carries. Doing that a second year in a row, that type of workload is going to take a lot. He only had 40 receptions last season, last season, which is pretty decent. It's about Delvin Cook range. But if the touchdowns regress for Jonathan Taylor, they could also positively regress for Delvin Cook. You see Delvin Cook get 16, 17 next year, and you see Jonathan Taylor with 13, 14. All of a sudden, Cook is overtaking Taylor. So I just think that there is enough talent at the running back position where I don't think that Jonathan Taylor is going to be able to repeat exactly what he did that he'll just slide outside the top top one. So that's more of an endorsement of the other running backs in the first round than it is a like throwing shade at Jonathan Taylor. I mean, here's here again, don't hear what we're not saying. I think I said that right. Yep, no, no, that was right. That was perfect. Very good. Okay. I just didn't want to contradict myself. Mm -hmm. We're not saying that we don't believe in Jonathan Taylor at all or we don't agree with where he's going in the draft or where he's being drafted. I mean, we're pro CMC here, okay? But it's after after CMC, it's Jonathan Taylor, okay? And it's not again, like you said, it's not because we just don't think that he can't do it. There are a lot of other running backs that Jonathan Taylor 
isn't necessarily a like, you know, automatic score if you get him in the first round. Because again, like a guy like Alvin Kamara, a guy like Dalvin Cook, a guy like Najee Harris, someone can be a surprise this year, push towards the top. CMC stays healthy. He's at the top. That's already then two spots taken up. Mm-hmm. So again, don't all we're saying, don't be surprised. And that's the thing with all these takes too. We're not going to be surprised if these happen, but we're not saying that they are legitimately going to happen. Yeah, they're not. I mean, they're not 100%. That's why we have predictions. I'm not predicting Taylor to be outside my top three right now, but I see a very possible a path yep. for that to happen. I see Kamara outscoring where I have him. I see Swift outscoring where I have him. I see Cook, Henry, Eckler, Najee, Mixon all outscoring where I have them. And if Taylor takes a small step back, they use him a little bit less in certain certain areas of the game. You know, you could see that come down. So, Ty, let's see, let's hear your last one. Um, your last one's a guy we haven't touched touched on a ton this offseason. You know, a little little dabble in here or there. Um, not huge name, but I think it's a very viable bold prediction. So, why, why don't you let us know it? So I we 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 mentioned this guy earlier in the episode. It's Michael Gallup. Okay. Michael Gallup. Oh, I hate the notification sound on my laptop. Sorry if it picked up. Probably didn't. Again, it's okay. Um Michael Gallup is the new I shouldn't say the new, but he is slotted to be the number two guy in this Dallas Cowboys offense after Amari Cooper departed. There's no more Cedric Wilson anymore. Michael Gallup may miss a game or two, right? Because it still doesn't sound like he's going to be fully ready for week one. But again, he avoided the pup list. So it's either a week one or week two, both, you know, combined miss. But that's still 15 games that he's then playing. So here's the bold take. Michael Gallup. Will finish as a top 30 wide receiver this year in fantasy football. And he's going in the 50s for wide receivers. So you're so at that point, you've got at least three or four wide receivers. You've got three running backs, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, you've got a pretty solid tight end, maybe, or quarterback. And at that point, you're then adding a number two wide receiver who's guaranteed, or I shouldn't say guaranteed, but he's going to play at least 14 games, right? Here are just some historical finishes for Michael Gallup, if you're not convinced. He finishes a wide receiver 22 in 2019, and he only played in 14 games, and that was when he was a wide receiver too. That, and I think that was the year before they drafted CeeDee Lamb, actually. Yeah, it was. Bingo. Uh, and then the year before that, as a wide receiver three in the Cowboys offense, he finishes a wide receiver 38. Okay. Now there was, there have been some coaching changes and then all that stuff in the meantime. But the fact is, you know, we've said this with Zeke, Jerry Jones very much controls like who's on the field. You want to think it's Mike McCarthy, but it's really Jerry Jones. Okay. Jerry Jones believes in Michael Gallup. They signed him to a four-year extension this offseason with a torn ACL. They believe in Michael Gallup. They will use Michael Gallup in that offense. And he's currently going as a wide receiver 50. You're grabbing him as a wide receiver four or even five if you're that kind of drafter. 
he's going to be someone that returns value and makes you look like a really, really smart fantasy football player. So I yep. really, really hope that for whoever's listening to this, I really, really hope that you grab some shares of Michael Gallup this year because, like I said, he's going to make you look really, really smart. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's just, you know, you don't get rid of Amari Cooper if you don't believe in who's behind him, mm-hmm. right? That, that's big to get rid of your wide receiver too, especially for how little they got rid of him for. So I think that's an endorsement of Michael Gallup because Jalen Tolbert's a third third round rookie. Yeah, he can produce, but you're not drafting him to produce right away if you're drafting a third round rookie as a replacement for Amari Cooper. So you're expecting Michael Gallup to come in. And wide receiver 30 is not a hard mark for a wide receiver two on a team like the Cowboys to hit, right? I mean, they're going to be a high scoring offense. They need to throw the ball somewhere. Dak throws the ball 600 times a year. It's got to go to someone. And if Michael Gallup's healthy, it's going to go to him. So I, I definitely could not agree more with that. My take, it's, it's similar to the Jonathan Taylor take. And it's that Patrick Mahomes will not be a top five fantasy quarterback this season. And the reason that I'm saying that is because out of all the guys who finished in the top five last couple of seasons, or that I'm looking at this season, so guys I have contention, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, and Tom Brady. Those are the seven that I could see finishing top five. You can throw Russell Wilson in there. You could throw like a Dak Prescott in there as well. But those are the five, or those are the seven right now. So we have we have four mobile quarterbacks. We have Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. I could see all the four of those guys running for 700-plus yards this season. I could see all four of those guys scoring 35-plus touchdowns this season, you know? Total touchdowns, rushing and right. rushing and um, passing. Do we really think that Patrick Mahomes, who's thrown thirty-eight and thirty-nine touchdowns the last two seasons, is going to keep that up without Tyreek Hill this year? I, I just, I just don't see that he can keep up with them on the touchdown pace. And his rushing is closer to a Justin, Justin Herbert, right? Herbert's going to going to throw more yards, going to have more yards than him. He's going to throw more touchdowns than him because he's got better weapons, and he's going to be in an offense that's going to cater to those weapons. Andy Reid's not dumb. Andy Reid's not going to throw the ball 50 times a game when he only has Travis Kelsey, MVS, and Juju on the field, right? It's very different going from Tyreek and Travis Kelsey with a couple other speed guys around to going to what they have now. So I think they're going to have to dial the passing back. They're going to have to work, you know, short fields, you know, a little more run around, and I just don't think he's going to throw for as many touchdowns. We look then at Justin Herbert, like I already said. And then my last guy was Tom Brady, quarterback three last season. Who do I think is going to throw more touchdowns? Tom Brady. Who do I think is going to throw for more yards? Tom Brady. Who do? Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is going to have more rushing him, but I don't think it's going to be enough to offset by how many touchdowns and yards Brady, more touchdowns and yards Brady's going to throw for Mahomes. So again, I got Mahomes at five right now, but I see the path again where Hurts or Brady, or one of those other guys comes in and outscores Mahomes this year. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but... I mean, we don't doubt, we won't argue the the motive that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Oh, yeah. We, we, don't, we don't deny that. But fantasy football does not care about... I mean, I shouldn't say it doesn't care about your talent. <laughs> it cares more about your opportunity and your situation yeah. more than does your talent. Okay. hundred percent. 
So guys like Jalen Hurts, okay, let us clarify again. Jalen Hurts has a much better fantasy outlook than someone like Patrick Mahomes. And that's crazy to say. That sounds crazy. But when you look at, again, what gives you points in fantasy football, touchdowns, passing yards, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, that's all that a quarterback gets. I mean, interceptions, but who cares, right? Mahomes is not a guy, like you said, is not going to rush for 700 yards. He scrambles. But have we seen a game where he gets 80 rushing yards? No, never. Never. And if it's never, it's been once or twice, and it's been like two, three years ago. Yeah. Right? This is a different Mahomes. This is a very different offense. So just expect a little bit different production from Patrick Mahomes this year. We're not really going to see as many 400-yard games with four or five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. It may happen once or twice, but we you should not be expecting that kind of production for a quarterback to ADP. Exactly, and like you look at it, I think Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes right now are more talented than Justin Herbert. I do. I think they're better NFL quarterbacks. But them throwing 35 touchdowns this year is going to be more impressive than Herbert throwing 40 just because they, of who they have around them. So we're not like like you said, we're not saying they're not impressed. We're not saying they're super talented. It's just opportunity is what it comes down to. So that wraps up our bold predictions. And we can now transition into the kickoff of the true NFL regular season where we get to discuss a behemoth of a game. The Bills at the Rams. I mean, I just don't think you can talk about like couldn't imagine a better matchup on Thursday night. The over/under is at fifty-two points. They're expecting a big, a big game Holy right now. Holy smokes! <laughs> I wouldn't hate smashing that over. Um, they got the uh, Bills minus two and a half right now on oh, the road. The Bills are favored on the road. On the road, yeah. So we'll talk about that a little bit later, and we'll we'll also get into our prize picks in a second. But Tyler, real quick. We, we believe in Diggs, who, you know, maybe might have a little more of a down week with Jalen Ramsey on him. We believe in Cooper Cup. We believe in Matthew Stafford. We believe in Josh Allen. Who is, like, of that next tier of guys that you're really watching in week one to do kind of either confirm or just blow up the expectations that you had for him this season? I'm looking at Allen Robinson and Gabe Davis because – We've heard really all good things about Allen Robinson this year, and we see the potential on the upside with Gabe Davis this year. Again, we're not we, we you know <laughs> we're gonna wake up Friday morning. You're gonna go to Sports Center. You're gonna go to Bleacher Report, and you're gonna see such overreactions to everything, mm-hmm. right? Al Rob, let's say you know hypothetically, Al Robinson just goes for five for fifty, right? Everyone's you know the reaction is gonna go. So they lied in the offseason. He's a bust. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Pump the brakes. All I'm looking for is really just how the offenses want to get those guys involved. Right? Yes. Like, because, like I said, the coaches have said they love Al Robinson. Everyone sees, and when I say everyone, I literally mean everyone. Everyone sees the potential on Gabe Davis to kind of bloom into a wide receiver, too, for the Bills' offense. How do the offenses get them involved in the offense? 
Yeah. That is something that I'll be watching very closely to because, you know, when you're drafting those guys, you're you're that's why you're drafting them. Mm-hmm. Right? You're drafting them based off of the fact that there is a really good chance that they can outproduce uh what's expected of them this year. Yeah. So again, we'll see how they get involved, how the offenses want to use them and really I guess then just as a whole how the offenses have changed from the past year, right? Rams were pretty pass heavy, right? It's, it's when Cam Akers went down, they went pretty pass heavy. I mean, the Bills pretty much were pass heavy the whole year. Yeah. So do the Bills incorporate a little more rushing game? How does Cam Akers look? Do the Rams then go 1A, 1B, right? Because Sean McVay's famous words about Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, right? Like, that's the overarching thing is just how mm-hmm. do these offenses look compared to last year? So yeah. I'm very excited to see, you know, the other weapons besides a Diggs and a Cooper Cup in this game. Yeah, I would agree. I think Cam Akers is the guys I'm watching the most. You know, I've just been out on him. I've wanted to be in on him, but I just can't trust that Achilles, and we'll see. I mean, if he comes out explosive, then, you know, we're going to kind of eat our words from this entire offseason. I don't know if it's going to happen, but, you know, that is the potential. So, Ty, I want to I hear your first prediction. What, what do you think the final score of this game is going to be? I am going to say I'm going to say Rams 31 Buffalo 21. Ooh, wow. Big Rams W. I think I shouldn't I I mean, I think it's helped out by, you know, I think the Rams are going to have a steady lead throughout the game and then it's going to be kind of like a, you know, a I don't know if I want to say a field goal or a touchdown, but it's going to be like, you know, in the final five minutes of the fourth quarter, the Rams are going to score some amount of points and that kind of puts the icing on the cake. Then I really do think that both offenses are going to kind of, they're going to kind of skip some beats along the way and just be in week one and stuff. Um, But here's the thing. I, I saw this on good morning football this morning. I think it's the last five opening games or maybe, I mean, how many years has Sean McVay been a coach? Like five or six years? Five or six, yeah. They're, the Rams are undefeated in opening weeks. Wow. They average almost 30 points a game. Well, that's a new stat. They're at home. Jeez. Super Bowl ceremony pregame. You know Sean McVay is going to come out firing then. I, le- I, I know that Stafford has the elbow issue and stuff. I I don't think anyone cares. There there's no. it's going to be adrenaline filled. It's going to be a here's what we got, here's what we can do. Rams 31, Bills 21. I'm taking Bills 28-27. Oh. I'm I'm a believer in Josh Allen. I think he's going to come out for his revenge tour after last season with the uh, coin flip and I think he's going to be pretty great this season. So with that being said, we're talking under overtime. You're you're pushing. You're at fifty two exactly. So you'd probably skip out on that bet. Then I feel like um, yes, very much so. <laughs> I would lean over, but I don't think I'd take it. Um, obviously, I think I'd take the Rams covering the spread, um, and I assume you would pretty easily too. Then, um, since you have them winning. Um, <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> um, but let, let's talk about – actually, before we get into player props, one last thing. I'm going to just name a player. I want you to tell me if you're starting or sitting them this week. Okay. 
So, I mean, we got the first four easy sits of Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford. Gabe Davis, certain or sitting? Man, I am. I'm let's starting. Say, I'm starting. Ga- let's say Gabe Davis or Darnell Mooney. Oh, no. I like Darnell Mooney. Sorry. Oh, all right. All right. I, I, would, I would still start Gabe Davis. Yeah, I think that's just a Jalen Ramsey effect. Yep, 100%. Allen Robinson, I assume, would be a start. Yeah, but I would I would be cautious of what to expect from him. Just okay. n- new offense and whatnot. Yep, yep makes sense. Um, Cam Akers? Can't. James Cook? No. Devin Singletary? No. <laughs> and I assume no Daryl Henderson then as well. Um, no. Yeah, I gotta I gotta see how that how these backfields work. Then Dawson Knox. Well, this is tough because I've got him in my dynasty league. <laughs> Let's say you got him or Pat Fryermuth. Oh, Knox. Yeah. Knox. Um, and then Higby. Let's say it's Higby. Higby or Knox. Let's say. I like Knox a little bit better. Okay. Because here's the other thing about Higby. He's also coming back from injury. That's true. So it could be a little slower start to the season for Tyler Higby. For sure. Well, me and Ty, before we started, cooked up a little player prop for y'all on prize picks. Um, and so I, th- I think we can just dive right into that. If you, if you want to join us, you can sign up for prize picks using the code FELLAS. F-E-L-L-A-S, um, and you'll get your first deposit matched, and you'll be able to join us all year long because we're going to be putting these out all season long. So our first one is we were looking at A-Rob, Allen Robinson at 57 and a half receiving yards, and we're taking the over. We're taking the over on that because we just feel, you know, no Tredavious White. We feel like, you know, it's right around that range where you're feeling a little skeptical, like Ty said. But one twenty-yard catch changes it all. You know, he gets four catches, averages fifteen yards. He hits it. Our next mm-hmm. one is Josh Allen. We're taking the combined. We think he's going to get a lot of yards, but we don't know where they're coming from. And so we're going to take the rushing and um, passing yardage at three seventeen and a half. Um, this is a guy who continuously had weeks like this last season. You know, it's going to be a Probably a pretty decently high-scoring game. Some mistakes, they're going to have to come back, drive down the field. So we feel pretty confident in that. And then this one feels too easy, but it's Cooper Cup over a, over half a touchdown. So it's Cooper Cup to score. Yeah. It, and that, that feels too easy. And then if you're feeling real spicy, feeling a little spicy and want to make a four-player, we got Von Miller at over half a sack and uh, – I don't know if it can consider it a revenge game because he wasn't in L.A. that long. But we'll say in a revenge game against L.A., getting the sack on Matthew Stafford. So we're taking Von Miller over half a sack. So I'll read them off again real quick. Allen Robinson over 57 and a half yards. Josh Allen over 317 and a half combined yards. Um, Cooper Cup to score and um, Von Miller with um, over half a sack. And so we don't take unders. Uh, we're, we're really bad at taking unders, so we just don't. And so we're taking the overs here. 
But yeah, that's that's our first little player parlay of the season. Ty, how are you feeling about that one? See, I'm I'm really really liking this one. Um, I know that some people may be like, well, didn't you just throw some question marks on a Rob about starting and sitting him, but then you're taking it over on the receiving yard prop? Yeah, but I mean, the different when when the question really isn't a like should you start Allen Robinson you should start Allen Robinson okay let me get that out of the way Mm -hmm. but I think it's a matter of like if you're starting him expecting 15 or more fantasy points pump the brakes but fantasy points can be three catches for 60 yards that's nine points and 60 yards then hits the prop right so we're just expecting this game to be high yards relatively high scoring um that's why then we also have Josh Allen at his combined 317 and a half. I mean, I don't know if Josh Allen, I mean, we said like Josh Allen throws for 250. He runs for about 75. Yeah. That gets him over. Um, or even if he just beats it on passing yards alone. It's Very still likely. Um, Cooper Cup at Cooper Cup to score. Like you said, it feels, feels easy. Feels easy. Especially with no Tredavious White. Forget about it. Um, then, yeah, the, the the spicy or the spicier leg of this parlay is that Von Miller getting a sack. I think if Buffalo's smart, they line up Von Miller over the left tackle because there is no more Andrew Whitworth, and I really don't know who that left tackle is to start off the year. So I'm expecting Von Miller to get after the quarterback at least once. But again, that's a spicy one. You don't have to add that in because with Price Picks, you just need three. You just need. There three. you go. And they actually just add price insurance. So something happens to a guy, you get your money back. You can also take their um, little thing where you can hit three out of four. It's lower payout, but still get your money. You still win. Three out of four. You still win. Pretty good. Remember, that's code fellows if you want to sign up. But that wraps it up for us. Ty, do you have anything that you want to tell the people as Thursday night football is quickly approaching? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am beyond excited to start talking game recaps, start sits, waiver ads, player prop picks, all this stuff. This is where now we get to just enjoy football, right? Everything for the past couple months, everything that we've been talking about has been in preparation for this season. I can't wait to be able to, I mean, let's just plug the chalkboard real quick too. Join us over on Chalkboard, okay? Chalkboard is exactly like Discord, but it's really just geared for sports, okay? Come talk about the games with us on Chalkboard. We will be interacting with you all because we will be watching football. We want to talk football with all of you. So come join us on Chalkboard. You can find that in our link tree on any of our social pages. It's really simple. You just click the link, and it should be, like, right at the top, if I'm not mistaken, like, right at the top. Yes. That's all you got to do. There we go. Come join us. Come talk football with us. Beautiful. We are the Pants Football Fellas on YouTube and Insta- or YouTube and TikTok, the FFLs on Instagram and FF Fellas on Twitter. Um, but that does it for us. And next time we see you, NFL season will have started. So deuces. Deuces. Deuces.